Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The Greenville Oaks Church of Christ seeks all who need Jesus and together are becoming His fully devoted followers, encouraging and equipping people to love God, love people, and serve others in an ever-growing way of life. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Colin Peck. Man, what a week it was. From that day when everyone was excited, the crowds were shouting, Hosanna, save us! Put their palm branches down, and Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And then he went into the temple, and <laughs> he knew how to upset the Pharisees. He threw over those tables, and and, and then we went on and he told parables like he always told. And he gave warnings about the end of all things and we didn't know what he was talking about. We never seemed to. <laughs> and then there were the stories where we we showed up at Passover. I, I remember that night so vividly. We, we showed up and it seemed like any other Passover meal as we were observing. And, and then Jesus took the bread and then he took the cup. You and he said, this is my body, this is my blood, do this in remembrance of me. We had no idea what he was talking about, but that was most of his ministry. And then we ended up in the garden and we were praying and, and we fell asleep and they arrested him. And Judas was there, Judas was the one who kissed him and we, we just couldn't believe what was happening. And then they arrested him and they had this crazy trial and, and they killed him. He went up on the cross, and then Joseph, this guy from Arimathea, he took his body and he put him in his tomb, and you, you ever know what it's like to wait? Like to wait can be a small thing, right? Like waiting on your kids to finally get out of diapers, or waiting to finally get that DMV ticket, finally your number comes up. And you're excited maybe about what's coming next, but you have to wait. Like waiting is one of the hardest things in life, right? Waiting is, is hard because we don't have the patience for it. But think about the harder things, right? There are those moments where you have to wait and yet the rest of the world goes on. Like you put your loved one uh, in the ground after the funeral happens. And after that, they, all the people, they, they leave, they give their well wishes and they get in their cars and they go on. and. And you realize tomorrow, the rest of the world's going to wake up and it's going to be normal for them. But you wonder, can I go on? What does life look like without my spouse? What's it going to be like without dad around? What's it going to be like without so-and-so? And, and so we have to learn to wait. We have to learn to figure out what's next. We have to figure that out. And the disciples had the same question, right? I mean, do we go back to fishing? Do we go back to tax collecting? Do we go back to our life as it was? Or do we wait here? believing that maybe tomorrow there will be a different story. Maybe God will bring some miracle again. That's the question on Saturday. Is, is there more to this story? Or do we just have to wait it out? That's the question for all of us today.
Well, that experience uh, on Saturday is something that happened thousands of years ago. And yet the church through the centuries, we've, we've looked at Easter Sunday, of course, and Good Friday we've started celebrating here and through the centuries. But I don't even know what Saturday's called. It almost doesn't have a name. But it's a key moment in this story and this weekend that changed everything. So uh, Chris and Whitney and, and Matt are joining me uh, today to just kind of process that as we're at home on Saturday, thinking through this day, um, what would it have been like back then? And how does that connect with our own stories of waiting? Uh, and so I wanted to just start there. Uh, thinking about that night uh, where Jesus is crucified, they wake up the next morning and uh, life is completely altered. It's changed. and. Uh, I just, I was thinking about the emotion of that, right? I mean, three years spent with this guy, you've seen these incredible things. You never imagined it would get to this place, I'm sure. So as you put yourself in the place of those disciples or the women who traveled with, um, what emotion can you imagine them feeling on that Saturday after the death of Jesus? You start, Christopher. I, I think for me, this a profound sense of confusion the the, um, the dissonance between what I know Jesus said versus what I just experienced, and and I, I just that sense of this is not what I anticipated. I mean, even if I grasped the fact that he was going to die, the ability to reach out and grab resurrection seems too far away, or seems too impossible. Because, you know, I've not really seen that before. Right. Other than maybe watching a couple of occasions where Jesus raised dead people to life. But I don't think that would be ready in my recollection. I think confusion. They have to be sorting through all those moments with Jesus, right? right? Like, what, what could be next? What's around the corner? Is this it? Or what about you, Whitney? What, what uh, emotion do you think would spring in that moment? I think just feeling anxious, um, high stress level of this was our plan. Yeah, maybe something's going to happen, but maybe it's not. What have we been working for all this time? And just, it would kind of feel like a downward spiral maybe in, um, in that anxiety. And it would feel very paralyzing. A lot of us are planners. <laughs> We're control people. I definitely am. And yeah. in that experience, <laughs> if you have this plan or this thought, mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden, Things are changed. Right. And you've got to figure out what's the new normal. What, what could be next? What about for you, Matt? For me, I think it would be fear. I mean, if you think about it, their, their leader, um, their rock, their shield protection over these last few years is gone. And fear of what's next, fear of the uncertain, the unknown, but also fear of the reality that they watched what the mob just did to Jesus. And they had to be thinking, are we next? And I can imagine that there had to be some level of fear in them all. So we can talk about 2000 years ago in that experience. I want us to go to that place, but uh, not without also thinking about the same experiences today. I mean, Saturday is about waiting, right? Um, And that's the challenge of scripture is in our own lives is what what are we waiting on? Sometimes we know what we're waiting on and it's obvious, you know, there's a pregnancy and you know, nine months later, if things go as you hope that there'll be something there, there'll be a joy, something you've longed for. Um, there's other times of, of traffic where we wait. It's a small moment that we think, what is this for? What's up ahead? 
uh, waiting is, uh, can be big. It can be small. Uh, and I thought about that. Uh, and we have stories of waiting. All of us do. But I'd love for us to go back to each of us who are, you know, here on this Saturday, trying to sort through this experience with Jesus. So you, you all, as we were, we've talked, we've really remembered a couple of stories and any of us could share those, but, uh, Matt, you want to share, yeah. share a story about waiting that you have experienced that others can probably connect to. Yeah. So it was about four years ago and, uh, our son Blake was playing in a soccer game and, um, went up for a header and, uh, anyways, was, was injured pretty severely with ultimately we were, was diagnosed as a concussion. Uh, and I, and I'll never forget the, we took him in our car, left the game. We could get going before the ambulance could get there and drove to the hospital and, and just remember seeing him laying there in the back seat. Uh, his eye was completely swollen shut and, and couldn't hardly talk and wasn't saying anything. And, um, and I, I'll never forget him laying there in the emergency room and, um, just, just not able to speak, not able to say much, not able to really think very logically. Um, and they came in and, and they said, you know, most likely he sustained some sort of a head injury. Um, we'll just have to, we'll just have to see. Uh, we, we had testing and testing in, in the weeks to come, but the reality was there's nothing they could do. We just had to wait. The body would heal itself is what they said, but they didn't know how much the body would be able to ever heal and the brain would ever be able to heal. And it was an incredibly painful weeks and weeks of he didn't go to school. He wasn't able to function. He sat in dark rooms, wore sunglasses. He was, he was, he was having to live a very different life waiting for normalcy to come back if it would ever come back. And, and the reality of it is it, it, it never actually did. He never fully recovered. And they said he never would. There was part of his brain that was permanently damaged. It's just a small part, but a small part of his brain was forever damaged. The waiting went on for, for quite a while. And it was, it was hard on our family. For sure. So obviously as a person that's walking through that Blake, he's got his own experience, but you're a parent that's removed even yeah. from that watching that happen. Uh, what's, what's that like I as mean, a parent? Just it's, it's helpless. I mean, it's absolute total helplessness when you're seeing, when you're seeing your, 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 your 16 year old son literally, uh, laying unable to do anything, but, but color and coloring books. That was one of the activities they encouraged him to do was pull out children's coloring books. It's an activity to give him something to do, but didn't require hardly any brain stimulation because they wanted his brain to rest. And you're watching your 16 year old son color in a coloring book and, and enjoy it because he hasn't been able to function normally. It is incredibly difficult. Wow. Um, sure others are thinking about stories of their own as you share that story. Uh, but Whitney, I'd love for you to share also uh, experience of waiting that you've walked through. Um, well, back in 2011, um, my dad was diagnosed with stage four skin cancer um, that had been concerning for all, all of us and his family for several years. And um, it, when he received the diagnosis, when we heard the news, um, because I know how my dad feels about modern medicine and doesn't like to always go the traditional route, I was very concerned that he would not make the decision to um, take the advice of the doctors and do the treatment that they recommended. And sure enough, he did not. Um, so sitting there waiting and pleading and trying to um, encourage him to see some reason in, in that situation um, was very, was very difficult. And it was a lot of waiting on the doctor's appointments, waiting on results. I mean, anybody that has been with a loved one or themselves personally that has gone through cancer uh, knows that 
test results, all of those things are, it's agonizing to wait on those results. And um, eventually it did metastasize and he waited too long. And by the time he decided to, um, to do traditional treatment, it was too late. And so um, that's very difficult. Mm -hmm. I, I am, I'm in particular, um, I'm a planner Mm -hmm. and that did not uh, sit very well for anybody in his family. And I, you know, want to have a plan. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to, we're going to follow the advice of the doctors. And um, it did not go that way. So, so maybe it's a blur at this point, but do you remember the day after um, he was buried um, after the funeral? Do you remember any feeling or thought or, memory from that day or even just that kind of period I do. Of time. It's a very numb feeling. Um, the, and really just sinking in the reality that he really is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know that I believe very strongly that he's with God. He loved Jesus and wanted to share that with everyone he knew. Um, but that's very difficult that I now have to wait to see him again. Mm-hmm. That's very hard for me. Yeah. I know people have walked through that yes. experience in their families. You know, we, we've had this conversation kind of prepping for today. And um, one of the things the church does, whether that's at a funeral or that's in a church service, every time we gather, is we sing, we, we gather together and there's music. And it's part of coming together. It's part of healing. It's part of what we know to do, at least for me growing up. And so we started to think about that. You know, what, what song could we sing from our hymn book? What song could we sing? from current songs that are just coming out and being written. And we were kind of at a loss. And so uh, it was interesting because we've done some songwriting as a church recently, our band in particular. And out of that experience has come some meaningful songs with stories. And this is kind of like that because we needed a song. <laughs> so we went to Christopher and others that kind of worked and, and uh, worked to put something together. And we're excited to get to share this with you. That's not a song with resolution necessarily. It's a song that asks some hard questions about suffering, but also points us backward as we sit in the moment that you all described of waiting. That's so difficult. So we're excited to share uh, this with you. do I know which way to go? How do I push back against the cold? How will I know I'm not alone? It's in the waiting, so I'm told. In crisis and suffering, and losses we wait rejection oppression depression we wait need mercy a lifeline to see a better day until that moment comes when will the hurting Go its way. When can I breathe and be okay? When do I turn 
can see your face Tell me you'll come without delay In crisis and suffering and losses We wait Rejection, oppression, depression We wait Need mercy, a lifeline to see a better day until that moment come. Yesterday, Carol came. Wanna know you'll deliver me. You come through every time before, but today, today, crisis and suffering. Losses, we wait. Rejection, oppression, depressions, we wait. Need mercy, a lifeline, see a better day until that moment grateful for you and Whitney sharing that song with us and uh, the bridge. There's a line that I, I come back to um, you've come through every time before. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of Saturday where we couldn't find a song without resolution. There's still a sense on Saturday of needing some kind of, of hope. Right? right. So I'm curious, where did that line come from? How does that resonate in your own life to where that was the move on Saturday it's not resolution, but it's still something. Right. Right. Yeah. I think when we're in the midst of waiting, there has to be something we lean back into. And I thought about the occasions in my life where I've had to wait out some difficult circumstances or situations. And it is, there's that, that thing about God has never let me down. I may not see the imminent resolution ahead of me, but I have to have something that I can anchor into. And, and for me, that's it. You've never let me down. This may look really desperate, you know, immediately ahead of me, but I can lean into that. You've never let me down. So it's interesting. Uh, this Saturday for the Jewish people is a significant day, not just Passover weekend, right? But mm-hmm. so I think about... How do we grow in this? How do we grow to make Saturday a, uh, a day that's not, never comfortable, right? But we right. learn to do Saturdays better maybe. And maybe age does this to us. Yeah. Um, just more experiences of seeing God come through mm-hmm. gives us lines like that. But uh, I got to thinking in this story in Luke um, where Joseph takes the body and women are coming to prepare the body for burial. Um, there's this line three times it shows up. The first is, Joseph was waiting for the kingdom of God. Hmm. I think that's a specific kind of waiting, right? right? It's not just we're waiting and we don't know what's next. It's waiting and he, it's, it's as if he has his eyes open for something. Right. Um, that struck me. And then there's, this was the Sabbath day mm-hmm. and then the, they come on the Sabbath. And I got to thinking, you know, that that's something for the Jewish people is really important. It's all the way back in the Ten Commandments. It's something they're supposed to practice every single week. Right. And with that comes this kind of uh, muscle that's built, this kind of rhythm that's built. And I, 
that's something I've tried to practice in my ministry on Fridays has been a commitment of our family has been, we want to devote this day to the Lord. We want to do things that are going to put us in touch with God, but also give us life. Mm -hmm. And that rhythm has prepared us, I think for times of waiting that have been larger. Right. I think if, if we're looking for something on a Saturday to try to do in the midst of it, the story of Jesus on Saturday, the burial is a place to go. Uh, The stories we shared earlier about God coming through and not always knowing what it was going to look like the next day. But also, um, what does it look like every week to do these small moments of waiting so that when the need for waiting comes that we never expect, right. we have a reservoir, we have uh, something built. Yeah, to, it's, to like a, it's like a discipline that puts like a deposit in a bank account, you know, yeah. that you're storing up for that, for that tough time. Right. And then when it hits, you've got something to draw back into. Right. So, yeah, I I think that's absolutely true. And that sense of resting in God's presence, that that concept of Sabbath, I think, is really important um, because it's it's preparation. Mm. So with that concept of preparation, how what would you suggest that we could do? How can we prepare more effectively to wait? For me, it's been, uh, like I said, Sabbath is one of those practices, but uh, silence and solitude, um, that doesn't just wait on a day of the week. That's something that becomes even a daily rhythm. And so I I think uh, we need daily rhythms. We need weekly rhythms. We probably need yearly rhythms Mm -hmm. that are getting away for retreat. It can be good for our our marriage if we're married. Um, That can be with good friends if we're singles walking with others in life. But how do we build these weekly rhythms, these yearly rhythms, but it's got to be a daily rhythm as well. And if those are things we practice in the waiting, and if prayer isn't just us talking at God, but it's actually waiting to hear from God as well. Sure. I think that that can develop along the way. Yeah. No, we've got a lot of people that are are with us today that Mm -hmm. are uh, engaging with us and we're grateful for that. Really good. And it's Saturday and, uh, we want to push this question, I think, to you uh, for the rest of your day, uh, prepping for what comes tomorrow. But we are on Saturday. We are in this time of waiting. And so we wanted to put this question to you. What are you waiting for? Maybe you're surrounded in a living room or maybe at a breakfast table or watching on your phone someplace else. And we'd love for you to think about that question and talk to those around you. What is it you're waiting on right now? And what is it that might need resolving in your life? And as you think through those uh, perspectives and those questions, we'd love for you to, to dwell on that, to spend maybe some time in silence and solitude today, to reflect on what that day would have been like for the disciples as they waited. And, uh, but there's another Psalm uh, that I go back to, which is Psalm 13. It's a Psalm of David, who certainly had his times of waiting on God. And uh, one of that Psalm is a pretty, uh, pretty difficult Psalm. He just says, how long? Over how and over long? again, how long, O Lord, do you not see me? Do you not recognize and uh, we wanted to uh, offer one more song that comes right out of Psalm 13. Uh, and so uh, we hope you enjoy as we uh, get to worship together with this question, how long as it's put to music. Away. How long 
for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you in your walk to find real significance in Jesus. Make sure to give us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.